So today we are uh, studying Advent in the third week for us. Uh, we, we always start Advent a week late because we have the opportunity to, um, on the fourth Sunday prior to Christmas, we always seemingly always serve. Uh, and so we don't have church service that Sunday. So we're always kind of a week late, but um, we wrap it up on Christmas Day um, with love. And so we've, we've studied hope, peace. Today's going to be joy and uh, Christmas Eve Eve service in here, um, 5.30 on the 23rd, Wednesday. Uh, we're going to be studying love. So um, you want to be a part of that. But what Advent uh, symbolizes uh, or means is the coming. So we're all, and I think Brandon touched on this and Jason touched on this, but uh, there's this four-week uh, kind of this waiting period leading up to Christmas. And I know for kids it seems like it's forever. But the four weeks leading up to Christmas are this time called Advent. And it's a time for us to focus on the aspects of this arrival of Christ's coming. And uh, so it also represents our, our present situation as believers as we wait for the arrival of a coming king. That, that Christ is going to return again uh, in all of his glory and restore his kingdom here on earth. And so as we wait for Christmas, we're also waiting uh, for his return. And so, um, an Advent, in, like any season, is not without its distractions, without, without its um, uh, setbacks, and, and without its pain. A lot of you guys know uh, of the stu- what's been going on with the Sykes. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, let, me, let me back up and tell you what's happening in case you don't. Uh, Tana and Troy Sykes, uh, Tana and Mabel were here with us about five weeks ago for Orphan Sunday. And we sat up on this stage. We got to hear Tana's story. Tana and Troy adopted Mabel out of Uganda. She was in dire need of a heart transplant. Uh, If they had not uh, adopted her and brought her here, she would have died an orphan in in Uganda. They were able to get there and and made the the adoption final. I think it was in September. And they brought her home here. Uh, Five weeks ago, she was on this stage sharing about... um, just kind of that process. She got to share her heart about what it's like being with a family, about having brothers, noisy brothers. Um, she got to share a little bit about her dire situation in Uganda and also with her current health. Um, we got to hear from other uh, folks as part of that. Um, we got to hear from other nonprofit things. But the thing that the thing that um, the thing that we want to share with you today is that. Um, Mabel went for a pre-diagnosis uh, or something up in uh, down in Houston, um, and they discovered something that was not good. Um, decided they needed to implant some sort of device that would help pump her heart to get her lung healthy. Uh, in the process, she got um, a um, an infection, uh, and then she passed away um, uh, Wednesday morning. So. We want to we want to remember the Sykes this morning. We want to be lifting them up. And I tell you what, I have leaned so heavy on them this week. It's so it's so weird. It's like I I, I wanted to be a blessing. I want to do whatever. But then uh, Tana, the mom, the adopted mom, Tana Sykes, was such a blessing to me. As I was as I called her and I said, "Listen, I'm teaching on joy this week, um, and I'm really struggling." And she said, "Well, let me pray for you." And she prayed for me. And then she said, and then she started sending me stuff. She started sending me stuff about Mabel, uh, and it's basically my whole sermon this morning. So 
we're going to celebrate that. Um, we're going to talk about that, but we're also going to look into God's word uh, and see what it has to say about it as well. So let's pray for the Sykes first, but then also for the reading of his word and for the rest of this time. Um, Father, just wanna, uh, I just want to uh, come to you on behalf of, of Troy and Tana and their boys. Father, I just pray that you are so near to them this morning, Father, that they feel your presence, that they feel your arms and they feel your, just your love, uh, your embrace as they, as they grieve, as they um, deal with the loss of Mabel. And Father, just I pray uh, as a family, as a church family, Father, that we're able to come around them and do for them what they can't do for themselves. I pray that as a, as a group of believers, Father, that we are so emboldened by your love and grace to us, Father, that we are able then to uh, pour that out on them. Father, for your word this morning, Father, we pray, that, uh, pray for your presence here, your Holy Spirit, uh, and we pray that, uh, that it touches us, that it, um, it does what it does. Your word is living and active and breathing, and we pray that your word has its way with us this morning. Father, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. And before I get too far away from Mabel, you're gonna, it's going to be laced here throughout the whole thing, y'all, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to cut it there. I, I, actually have a, I actually have a photo of Mabel, and this is, when we talk about joy, um, this was a photo that Tana sent me, and she said, uh, Mabel embodied joy. She goes, aside from what she was going through, aside from her broken body, aside from whatever, she, uh, and you saw her here on Sunday morning, uh, she was definitely emotional, but there's just a sense of joy and a peace in this young lady um, that, that totally, um, and, I, and I'm fighting whether to just leave it up there the whole time. I don't, I don't, well, let's come back to it. Let's go back to ANC, because uh, Wade Lentz was up back there earlier, and he, he got on me, he goes, dude, Seriously, church hadn't even started, and you throw a picture of Mabel up there? Anyway, so um, we're going to be doing some stuff for the Sykes, okay? I want you guys to be watching your emails um, either this afternoon or tomorrow. Uh, I'll be sending out an email of how we can help them, how we as a body of Christ can assist them. Uh, one's going to be just a simple care calendar. We've got uh, a care calendar already set up. I'll have a link to that. That's, that's where you can provide meals um, throughout the week. You can send uh, or take by um, just a, a pre, pre-arranged deal. We're going to do that for a month, and I don't think we'll fill every day, but it'll be nice over that month time period just to, just to pop in and say, I love you, here's, here's a meal, uh, don't worry about that this evening. And uh, so that's what that's about. So we'll do that. Then also we've set up a, a pure charity um, uh, website, um, and it's going to be, uh, go, it's, well, it's already live, but uh, I'll send you the link this afternoon or tomorrow. Uh, and then you can respond how you want to. I actually received a phone call just this morning from someone that said, um, here, and here's the deal. Let me preface this by saying, uh, the, Sykes, uh, the Sykes adopted Mabel by faith, okay? Um, we have some mechanisms in place as a church through the adopt- adoption fund and some different things that would, would help them uh, get the funding that they needed to go do that. We, didn't, we seriously didn't have time. They actually felt called by God to do this and responded because they said, if you don't come get her, she will die an orphan here. Uh, and so they did. They followed that leading. We didn't get anything set up. Um, and so um, they have adoption fees. They have emergency medical fees. That, that On the way back, they landed in London, and, and she, she broke down 
um, live physically. They had to stay two or three nights in London. They had to hire a, uh, a private nurse to fly with them the last leg of the journey back to the States. That Actually, they didn't hire her. She flew for free of charge. They put the word out, and this lady went from the States to England, flew back with them, and didn't charge them a thing. But there's still costs associated with the flight, with you know a bunch of the, the stuff over there. And so um, we have the opportunity as a, as a body of believers to come together around them. And, uh, and, and help bear that burden with them. And so, I, uh, like I was saying, I got a call this morning from someone that just said, hey, I know of, I know of this situation. I love the Sykes, and I'm willing to uh, match any donation up to $5,000. And so, um, as a church body, we're going, what we're going to ask you to do is give what you can, but then we're also going to ask you to really take it viral. Um, we've got to figure out some way to make this thing spread out with our friends, tell the story. Don't just copy the link, but tell the story. Tell about, you know, you, you came and you saw this girl and the life that she had. and the, Go read the blogs and, and educate yourself and then share the story. Because it's a beautiful story of, of, of a couple just responding to God's call on their lives and, and making that tangible in the moment, okay? So that's what we're going to ask you to do. And then January 3rd, also the same day that we have the African Children's Choir in service, we're going to be having a memorial service over at Hayes Hill Baptist Church down in Buda. Uh, we're, not really, we're not really set on a time yet, but it'll either be at 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So we'll make a quick transition here over to there, and then we'll, ha- and then we'll have a memorial service for that. You'll all be invited to that, and it'll be a great celebration um, uh, for Mabel. And so, but needless to say, it's been a tough week for the Sykes. Um, it's, it's, been, it's been a tough week for anybody that knows and loves them. Um, Allison Morris and I ran over to Houston on Monday when we got word that, that she was not going to make it. And we, uh, were just, we just spent a precious few minutes with the Sykes, got a chance to pray that with them, praying over Mabel. Um, and uh, just such a, such a sweet time of encouragement from, from them to us, really, but then also to hear what's going on in their lives, lives as they've shared this journey with Mabel. So anyway... That's it. That's, so now we're going to go to joy. How about that? Um, but, it, but it really is kind of a smooth transition because um, when, I, when I talked to Tana earlier in the week, she started sending me this stuff and sending me that photo that was up there a minute ago, just to, the, the joy that radiated from her face and the joy that she had in the hospital room. Uh, when she had no business having joy, uh, she had joy. Um, and so today's scripture is this. It's Philippians 4, uh, 4 through 7. And we'll read that together, we'll talk about it a little bit, we'll break it down, and then we're going to try to apply it, okay? So, it says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, uh, probably the, the main question that comes up, or the, the, the initial question that comes up when you're talking about joy is, you know, what's the difference between joy and happiness? What is, what is the joy, what is the difference? Can somebody give me the difference? One is circumstantial. One's from the Lord. Joy's from the Lord. Uh, happiness is circumstantial. 
I think that's pretty much succinct. succinct. And uh, excuse me, that's, uh, that's pretty much what I had. So you guys are correct. Good job. Um, and I'm going to share, I'm going to tell you this. I have three points in my, in my, um, in, in the sermon this morning. One is this, joy is a choice. Um, joy is possible in every moment. And joy is rarely found in things we have or want to have and possess. The first one, joy is a choice. Now I got to tell you this too. I got these directly from Tana. Okay. Um, Tana Sykes let me, let me in on these. But I think uh, joy is most closely uh, aligned with happiness, but it's different, right? We've, we've discussed that. Joy is from God, and, and, and happiness is, is by uh, other things and, and dependent on circumstances. There's a joy in trusting uh, when we have doubts, right? Like Jason, uh, Jason was talking a couple of weeks ago when he said that the angel came to Mary and said uh, that, that you will have, you will, uh, have a son and, and you will call him Jesus. And she said this, her response was this, I am the Lord's servant, and may your word be fulfilled. There was a choice in that. She opted for um, to be used by God. There's also a joy in receiving what we naturally reject. You know, think about the innkeeper as Mary and Joseph traveled uh, into town and, and uh, there. Every end's full, right? They're being turned away and turned away and turned away. And they finally come to this innkeeper that, that actually does accept them in and says, well, I don't have any room inside, but you're welcome to the, to the stable and, and you're welcome to stay out there. I mean, he had every reason in the world to reject them as well, right? I mean, you're full. Um, nobody would have held it against him if he'd have just said, no, we're, we're full. The, you know, my animals have to have a place to lay too. Um, but we find joy. I think this is important for us as, as a body. We find joy in making room for people that we would normally reject or that society would normally reject. Um, I think there's room for God in that. Um, Think of the marginalized we serve and some of the greatest joys of this church and this body have been as we we pour ourselves out and allow those folks in that that would be normally rejected by society. Um, I think about just the different stories going on here. We We reflected on these a couple of weeks ago, but but just the adoption stuff, the fostering stuff, the safe family stuff, um, uh, men's club ministry that we have, uh, homeless ministry, orphans, widows, singles, single moms. And, and we, we have just multiple, multiple, multiple opportunities to uh, make room for people in our lives that we would normally not. And so I think as, as, a, as a byproduct, there's joy in that for us. There's also joy in celebrating what we normally fear. You know, when the angel of the Lord would show up on the scene, no matter who it was to, whether it's to the shepherds or to Mary or whatever, first words were always, fear not, right? Because, I mean, it's got to be terrifying. There's there's something about this angel who's just been in the presence of God coming to earth and making his presence known. Uh, It's got to be terrifying. And the first words out of the angel's mouth is always, fear not. I think, I I don't want you to die, you know? Just fear not. Um, Joy is joy is like happiness um, derived from an eternal perspective. I think if we if we think about it that way, if if eternal things salvation makes you happy, that's joy. I think if baptism makes you happy, that's joy. I think when we think about things in an eternal perspective, those things that make us happy are in turn giving us joy. 
If you think about, if you're happy when you get a new car, you're just happy, right? But if you're happy when things are eternal, that's joy. Joy is, joy is possible in every moment. Joy is possible in every moment because joy is a choice. Joy is a choice. You can choose joy in a situation even that makes you unhappy, right? You can choose joy. Does this make sense? Um, I see this a lot in Paul's writings. He says this in James 1. He says, Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you can encounter various trials. How could we ever consider going through difficulties and trials um, as a reason for joy? And he gives us the answer in this. He says this as he follows it up. He says, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and and endurance it, let endurance have its perfect result that you might have that you might be perfect and complete lacking in nothing so it's talking about per- perfecting our faith in the trials in that we can have joy the deep and abiding joy that comes as we persevere through trials with God's help and our faith matures and is strengthened so happiness tends to be fleeting and depends on temporal factors like you know circumstances or other people and then joy is rarely found in the things that we, that we want or we have or we want to have, right? That's pretty simple. I, I, don't, I don't really know a better way of putting that, but um, the, things that, the things that are temporal, the things that we can buy, the things that we can attain, a new job or whatever, those things are temporary. Um, they're fleeting. Um, like the new car, a new phone, new job, those things eventually will just become obsolete, old torn seats, or, or a job, you know? Um, so I want to talk uh, a little bit about Mabel again, um, just to, as we kind of bring it home. Is um, Mabel Mabel's joy was a choice. She, it was a choice for her. It was beyond beyond her circumstances. Remember when she was up here a few Sundays ago? She was talking about just the difficult circumstances that she had living in. In Uganda, very poor. She lost her mother, then lost her father. Um, But yet she had joy. Um, She suffered great loss. But there was, and then there was also this heart malady that was, that honestly wouldn't sustain her very much longer. But she had joy. She had joy living in the moment. She had joy living in the moment. She knew she wasn't guaranteed another day, so she made the most out of each and every one of them. Remember, she said she was in the hospital. When she was in Uganda, she was in the hospital receiving treatments. And in between treatments, she would, she would rebound enough to go to church. That was, her, that was her, part of her faith journey as she wanted to be with people that loved Jesus as well uh, and be with her church family. Joy was found and shared in all that she had in Jesus. Um, from all I've read on Mabel, you know, now there's, there's a lot of blogs and stuff like that out there of different people that she's touched their lives. And I would just encourage you to go, to go find, find these. Um, she loved Jesus more than she loved life. Wouldn't that be great if we did that? I mean, uh, I mean admittedly, uh, there, there's, you know, there's, there's times, uh, probably a majority of times, where I love life more than I love Jesus. You know? Um, that's not good. But she lived, she had a correct eternal perspective. Mabel, Mabel had a, uh, wow, 
a 15-year-old girl probably had a better eternal perspective than I did uh, because she was so close to Jesus, and she loved him, and she loved, she loved him more than she loved life. And I wanted to share a little bit this morning just uh, what, what, what Tana's written um, in her blog. And she wrote this Wednesday morning after Mabel had passed away about 1.30 that morning. She wrote this a little later. And I'm, I'm just going to kind of walk through it. And, and I want you to hear uh, the heart of this young girl and the joy that it radiates. She wrote this, had the scripture, John 11.25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And this is, this is all Tana speaking. I had a dream about Mabel early Sunday morning, one week ago. So this was, this was in the hospital. She was rolling around in a grass, on the grass with reckless abandon. She was laughing and completely joyful. Completely joyful. She kept calling me with sort of a sing-song voice and endless smile. I stood near her, anxious, because I thought, you should not be doing that. Your heart is so weak. But she did not stop, nor will she ever. Mabel is now free. She is free of her fragility, free of her worry, free of pain, free of suffering. She is made whole, and she is joyful. Of this I'm certain. Here's what I need you to know. This is important, so read it all the way through. So we're going to do that, okay? We're going to read it all the way through. I've been tasked to carry Mabel's message, and it's an absolute honor to do so. Mabel did not die an orphan. She was surrounded by the love of a family, a community, and throughout the world. This little teenager has received messages from Brazil, South Africa, Canada, India, and was loved and admired by hundreds right here in Texas. She was known. She was loved, and she knew that. God needed Mabel. He needed her to be known here on earth so that you would become closer to him. He needed you and I to see her, know her, hear her, and love her so that you can see the importance of love and the necessity of faith. He knew Mabel's outcome, and he knew that you would come to know her and love her. He knew my family needed her. He knew your family needed her. He did not let the feelings you have now, the admiration, go to waste. He needed her to do exactly what she did here on earth, and now he needs her in heaven. She is so precious in his eyes, and I can only imagine the homecoming that ensued when she arrived. I'm confident she was welcomed with fanfare as she is truly famous for God. Mabel never lost faith. Despite the numerous tests of faith, the pain, the uncertainty, the trials she endured, Mabel would sit at the dinner table or in the hospital bed and thank God for her life. Each and every day she thanked God for her life. Most of us would not comprehend the hardship she's endured. Yet she was thankful for every little thing. She did not wallow in self-pity. She rose in faith if only. I am absolutely desperate for that level of faith. Mabel proved to me that it lies within all of us. And that really kind of, that reflects the the passage in James that we read, considering it pure joy, my brothers. Every day is its own day. Mabel firmly ingrained that in me. Treat each day as a complete day. Do not think I will tell her that tomorrow, I will tell her that tomorrow, or I will uh, apologize tomorrow. Do not go through life thinking that tomorrow is a continuation of today. Today is today, and tomorrow is its own day. Love completely. Give completely. Be your best. Do your best each, each and every day. We all know tomorrow is no guarantee, but whether you have tomorrow or not, live each day completely. Know that you live your best each and every day, and you will have the luxury of no regrets. 
you will leave nothing undone and nothing unsaid. That is a gift from Mabel to me and to you. She lived without regret and because she was truly grateful for each day. Don't wait until your days are numbered to realize their value. My family and I are in pain, but we would go through every moment of it again because Mabel was so worth it. To be chosen to be her family is the greatest of all gifts. None of it was easy. All of it was worth it. Mabel, excuse me, Mabel is free and finally living the dream she deserves. As Dr. Wilson stated to me yesterday, Mabel did not need a hero heart. She had the hero heart all along. She was the hero heart. Thank you for your love. Go be love in the world. And that is the testimony of Mabel to all of us this morning. Um, And I think if we can't muster joy, if we can't muster just a a smidgen of the joy that, that, that Mabel possessed in this season of all seasons, no matter our circumstances, then we're selling Christ short. During Christmas time, we talk about joy, we sing about joy, we plant, plaster it in our homes, uh, we put it in Christmas cards, joy to the world, and we talk about it all the time. But many times, we're willing to settle for happiness, right? I mean, many times we do. We settle for the temporal instead of the eternal. I'm going to read this one more time. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and position, petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 1 says this. Have joy in the Lord. Have joy in the Lord. As we go forth, have joy in the Lord. And in case you weren't listening the first time, have joy in the Lord. Verse 2 says this, here's how, let your gentleness be evident to all. Radiate Jesus like Mabel did. Not just those who look like you, live in your neighborhood, vote the way you do, practice your religion or drive not to cut you off, but even those who don't. Why? Because the Lord is near. He is inside those who claim his name. And then verse 3 says, don't worry about anything. Pray prayers like Mabel prayed. A constant communication with God about his goodness and his blessing in your life and those you love. Let him know your fears. Allow him to comfort you. Let him know your dreams. Verse 4 simply says, And God will give you peace and joy that doesn't make any sense to anybody in your circumstances. Because only Jesus can do that. And when the angels appeared to the shepherds, they were out tending to their flocks. He said, don't be afraid. I bring you good no- news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Great joy for all people. He didn't bring a message of happiness. He didn't bring a message of comfort. He didn't bring a message of complacency. He brought a message of joy, a joy that surpasses understanding. It makes no sense to those who don't have Jesus. You know, he didn't promise an immediate conditional contingent on on the shepherd's circumstances. He met them where they were and told them about this great joy that they needed to go find. And so that's joy. 
For joy to attain or receive joy, there must be a kingdom perspective. I dare say without faith in Christ, apart from a Savior, there is no joy. So that is what it means to me today as we await a Savior. Born both in Bethlehem and as we wait for His triumphal return. We should live joys. We should live lives of joy regardless of our circumstances. And lives that point to others to Jesus. Because if we have joy, He is the source.